Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Thursday, April 28th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians losing streak is at six after yesterday's nine to five defeat at the hands of the Angels and Shohei Otani. Uh, Jose Ramirez did his best to sort of shake this uh, this Guardians offense uh, out of its slumber, hit a two-run home run in the first inning, came back in the eighth and hit another two-run home run. Uh, the Guardians added a run on a, a sack fly by Miles Straw, uh, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Zach Plesak had some issues that we'll get into uh, with throwing his slider and uh, gave up a grand slam to Taylor Ward, of all people. Taylor Ward, who looks like Babe Ruth right now uh, with uh, when he sees a Guardians uniform, uh, three home runs so far in the series, uh, seven RBIs already, and there's still a game to be played. Uh <laughs> Do the Guardians make it seven in a row today? Yeah, I mean, they certainly uh, they've given no indication that they're ready to break out of this, Joe, except for uh, Ramirez. My question is, you know, can you watch one guy? Do Guardians fans, can they stick with this team to watch one guy play, uh, you know, Jose Ramirez for the next 150 games? Because it's it's the Jose Ramirez and, you know, kind of, you know, zero, uh, some, some zero after that. It just, you know, I, there's just, you know, you got one guy, one guy trying to carry the team and it's not working right now. Yeah. That's uh, that's sort of the way it feels. And uh, you know, at one, at points this season, the offense has looked like it, it can't be stopped. The, uh, the, the train keeps moving from the top of the order uh, down to the bottom. Uh, Miles straw looked really good. Stephen Kwan had his breakout moment. Uh, but then beyond that, you know, they they sort of have been living with the the gorilla in the room, and that's uh, that's Framil Reyes not performing uh, as their cleanup hitter. Uh, yesterday, they decided to drop Framil uh, down to the sixth spot in the order. They moved Owen Miller up behind Jose Ramirez, and the reason that Tito gave wasn't even as much because Framil was struggling as much as he has been, but more because Owen, uh, you know, has, has been seeing the ball really well and they wanted to give uh, teams a reason to pitch to Jose Ramirez. Yeah, definitely. We were talking about that yesterday, Joe. I mean, you know, with Quan out of the number two spot and, and uh, Reyes uh, struggling in the number four spot, 
they really, you know, they were pitching around Jose. I mean, New York did in at Yankee Stadium. He, you know, he really kind of was was a non-factor. And uh, I think you, if you want your best hitter to kind of perform, you got to get, you know, you got to give him some protection. And Miller, you know, isn't exactly a power hitter, but he's he's hitting over four hundred, and uh, he'll put the bat on the ball at least. He'll make contact. I mean, with Reyes, you're not getting anything. I mean. You know, I was glad to see him hitting the double play last night. At least he was putting a bat on the ball. Yeah, it broke. Uh, it, it, that snapped a streak of eight consecutive strikeouts in, in at-bats for uh, for Framil. He came back the next at-bat and struck out anyway. So it was, it was uh, what, nine out of his last ten? Actually, nine out of his last 11 at-bats have, have ended in strikeouts. Uh, and there's a double play in there, too. So, uh, yeah, Framil is definitely struggling. And, you know, it's it, it's it's hard to, to – to figure it out from uh, an outside perspective, what's exactly going on. Uh, Cause he's, he's one of those guys who Tito's fond of saying, you know, he can get as hot as he did, as he is cold and he can carry you for a, a week or two at a time. Uh, but we're just not seeing that right now. He, he looks lost at the plate. Yeah. You know, I, it, there was a, in New York, he hit that home run to a right center field. And I thought that was a good sign. You know, you see power hitters, you know, right-handed power hitters, when they start to go the other way, uh, you know, that's usually an indication that they're coming out of whatever funk they're in. But, uh, you know, he has stayed in this, in this slump and it really hasn't, uh, you know, you got to make contact to come out of the slump. And, you know, you were saying uh, before we started the podcast that they're going to play him in right field today. I know you wrote that yesterday. Um, maybe that'll help take his mind off this and, uh, you know, just uh, he'll, he won't be thinking about hitting all the time. He's going to have to be thinking about defense, playing right field or left field, wherever they play him. And maybe that'll, you know, just uh, let him take a deep breath. Right. Yeah, that, that worked uh, in the, the last game of the Chicago series. Uh, he hit a home run there and, and then it carried over to New York and he, he hit another home run the next day. So, you know, maybe that's sort of uh, the, the reset button that Terry Francona is trying to, to push with, uh, with Framil, uh, get him going in that direction. Uh, it was funny. We were in the, the clubhouse and we had seen uh, prior to the game, Jose Ramirez was, was bouncing around, was jumping around, was really animated and active. He was doing some jumping jacks and having fun. And uh, uh, Mandy Bell, our, our MLB.com uh, colleague, uh, she, she turned to me and she said, you know, Jose is going to hit two home runs today. And uh, she predicted it. it. It absolutely came true uh, just based on his energy. And she said the last time she saw him uh, acting that way in a clubhouse before a game, uh, he, he went on a ridiculous streak, uh, you know, a couple of years back. And it just uh, it, it makes sense. Uh, she she called it. And, then uh, you know, Jose, after the game, he, he didn't seem like he he hit two home, two home runs in a game and, and his team lost. And he didn't seem like he was you know, all that excited about his own performance. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, obviously, you know, he's trying to get this team, uh, you know, just get him to relax, get him to, you know, take a, take a deep breath. Like we were saying before, just, uh, you know, have some fun, start some, you know, uh, not take it like the end of the world is, you know, like the, you know, the weight of the world is on their shoulders every game. And, uh, you know, it, it, it worked for Jose, but it didn't work for his teammates. So I think, you know, he's, he's probably feeling it. You know, he's, he, you know, he knows he's kind of the leader of the team, the face of the franchise. 
especially you know after uh, you know signing that uh, extension and uh, you know he's trying to motivate the ball club and you know you don't want to be pump you know you know pumping your chest out when you just because you've hit two home runs when the team is lost right well and it's it's not just the the offense that uh, that struggled last night Zach Plesac uh, he uh, you know gave up the the four uh, earned runs uh, I'm sorry seven earned runs on seven hits uh, and the defense really didn't look all that uh, great behind him and Ben Rosario opens the second inning uh, with a bad error and then uh, Plesak himself misplays a, a bunt out in front of the plate and uh, that turns into uh, a, a base hit that, you know, keeps the inning going. And, and Taylor Ward, who, uh, you know, a guy who was a, a top prospect, uh, you know, not too long ago and had really struggled now is sort of coming into his own against uh, against Cleveland in the series. Uh, at the, if you've got Taylor Ward batting leadoff and, and hitting that way, and then you, you hand it over to Otani and Mike Trout behind him, uh, that's that's a really tough lineup to get through. Yeah, you know, and what Ward needed a single to complete the cycle last mm-hmm. night, and he will he goes double home, double slam, walk, triple. You know, he he did all the all the heavy lifting, got that out of the way, and and couldn't get the single. But uh, he's had a great series, and they certainly haven't pitched him well. You know, they whatever the scouting report was on Taylor Ward, they should tear that up and uh, start start a new one. Right. Well, and, and talking to Plesak uh, after the game uh, and, and sort of, you know, after the, the reporters left uh, his his uh, um, locker area, uh, he said he mentioned to us that the, the baseballs felt different. And this is a theme that we, we've heard throughout the league. I know Chris Bassett made headlines yesterday uh, with the Mets after he complained about um, something being different with the baseballs. Um, Major League Baseball has been trying something, you know, they, they had a different kind of baseball that was supposed to reduce the, the flight of the ball by about two feet last year. Uh, they've been trying to experiment with, uh, you know, getting a ball that has a tackier feel or a tackier grip to it uh, in there. Because in the, in the fight against sticky substances, if they're going to ban things like spider tack and pine tar, they need to offer an alternative to these pitchers to, to keep their grip. Well, Plesak couldn't grip his his uh, slider, and that's a big weapon for him. Uh, he pretty much had to eliminate throwing it. He only threw nine sliders in, out of his 77 pitches yesterday because he couldn't find it. He couldn't get the grip on it. And uh, once you eliminate that, you make yourself a little, a little bit more one-dimensional. And as you saw, Mike Trout uh, was able to pick out fastball after fastball against him. And, uh, you know, it, 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 you could tell that Plesak was bothered by it, but it wasn't just Plesak who was affected. If you look at the... Uh, the StatCast numbers after the game, uh, Plesak and um, Classe and uh, Logan Allen all had their slider uh, profiles uh, trend downward uh, in terms of horizontal or vertical movement. Yeah, you know, I guess it's a problem. Uh, you know, it certainly wasn't the weather. You know, the weather was okay there. It wasn't Oh, the weather cold. was gorgeous. Trust me. Yeah. So, the weather was gorgeous. Don't even tell me. I know you guys are suffering back home. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like they couldn't get, you know, that affected the grip on the ball. You know, I know they, what, they have two different rosin bags out there now. But I guess, you know, just from reading your story, police said that didn't work either. That didn't help them. Um, so, you know, this is, you know. Joe, I think we hear this all the time, almost every year, especially early in the year. You know, there's a difference in the ball. It's flying 
it's it's going farther it's not going as far it's harder to grip it's not you know it, it's you know so we hear this a lot you know and and you know major league baseball has said they were experimenting with the baseball they said everything is the same here you know the, all the balls are supposed to be the same this year you know as opposed to last year when it seemed like there was two different kinds of balls out there so um, you know we'll see you know i think it's got to it's work. It's got to work its way out. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not a scientist. It's, it always kind of, you, you, you're I, not I'm a professor not, of physics. I'm not sitting there ripping the ball apart and seeing how I it bounces. Yeah. It, it points. He's not a professor of physics. So we're, we're just going to put that out there, but, uh, no, I, I think there it's been noted. It's been documented. There, there were supply chain issues last year. So they did have two different baseballs in use last year. Uh, and and the Major League Baseball is uh, part of their the, the problem is the the monopolization of it. You know, Rawlings now makes the baseball and uh, in their their factory, I believe it's in Costa Rica. So it's one factory where all the balls come from. And, uh, you know, if there's supply chain issues, then, you know, things are going to be different. And uh, but uh, it, the NBA ran into this problem a few years back when they they several years ago when they tried to change to a synthetic ball and the players had a, like a revolt because they, they brought in this new NBA basketball and it just, they were, they were hurting their fingers with it. And it was all sorts of problems. And they almost immediately changed back to the leather ball. And, and you know, it was the, the standard NBA basketball. You, you, it, it just signals to me that you don't mess with, you know, years and years of what, what's right and what, what works. Uh, and, and this is, a league that's so concerned about getting more offense and injecting more, more excitement and offense and, and a, a more watchable product for, for the younger fans. And here they are messing with the ball and it's actually hurting their offense. The league wide average is down to two thirty. It's a, it's an all time low right now. Uh, the slugging percentage is down across the league. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it doesn't help that you've got offenses like Cleveland's that run so hot and cold, but you know, if you're messing with the ball at the same time, then things are going to look bad. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, we, we've gone through, you know, the history of baseball, the dead ball era, you know, the rabbit ball era. You know, we've, you know, we've gone through all these things where, you know, the ball has been manipulated, you know, on purpose, you know. So, you know, I think uh, the baseball, I think people are always going to experiment with it. Uh, you know, now what the, the, there was a complaint, there was too many home runs. So, you know, they kind of get a ball that's dead. And now you've got humidors in, in every ballpark to, I guess, try to, you know, you know, balance the playing field where the ball is concerned, where, you know, every ball is more uniform. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see how that works. Yeah. Uh, as long as they don't go, uh, you know, talk about experimenting by moving the, moving the rubber back or, or lowering the mound or anything like that. Because once you start doing that and you're going to start affecting $40 million pitchers' arms, then uh, then it, it's the wrong way to go. I, I mean, just make the ball the same for everybody, but don't make it, you know, a, a, a dead piece of material that you can't hit. It's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, one uh, Guardians player that we've seen over the last couple of days who uh, hasn't seemed to have a problem hitting, Richie Palacios, uh, has, has stepped in. Ever since uh, Stephen Kwan hasn't been available, he's made his major league debut, picked up another hit last night, uh, made a really nice sliding catch out in left field. 
what do we think the, uh, the the potential or the ceiling for for Richie Palacios? God, he's he's so young. They're all so young. What what do we think is going to happen here? Yeah, I you know I love his swing, Joe. It just uh, you know it's kind of that flat swing. Uh, you know, kind of he's got quick, uh, you know, really good bat speed. Uh, he had a single in his first at bat, got robbed of another hit in his second at bat by the second baseman, had two hits in his big league debut. I mean, you know, you can't ask for anything more. Uh, you know, he seems to be, you know, in a, a, an outfielder along the lines of Quan, you know, more of a leadoff type guy, top of the order guy, a speed guy. You know, we haven't seen much power from him. I don't know if he does have, you know, he has a little power, I think, but but not a whole lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's an interesting guy. I don't know if he's, is he a starting outfielder? Is he a fourth outfielder? Uh, you know, will he, is he going to be here past May 2nd? You know, we don't know that, but he certainly has made a good impression. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's getting kind of crowded out there in the outfield after, you know, it's funny the way the, the, the pendulum swings this season, when it, when they released Bradley Zimmer, it looked like, you know, they, they, they had, they had a need for more outfielders. Now they've almost got too many uh, to, to play everybody all at once with, with Josh Naylor's return and, you know, Framo Reyes being an option. Uh, but yeah, Quan coming back is going to make things, uh, you know, certainly tight around there. I wanted to ask you your opinion. You mentioned May 2nd uh, looming and that's when the rosters are going to be reduced uh, back down to, I, I believe they're at what, 28 now they're going to go down to 26 uh but you'll still be able to carry 14 pitchers until the end of may it's just that 14 pitchers will have to be within the the 26 that you already have on the roster uh after the end of may it'll have to be 13 and 13 uh but uh you know that, that flexibility i think uh, tito said that uh the league must have heard from enough teams that were concerned about yeah. uh getting their pitching staffs through uh the end of may so you know, that's a good adjustment that the, the league is, is allowing to, to happen across the board. But I wanted to ask you, who's a, whose seat is, a, is, is the hottest right now? Who feels the most uncomfortable in that clubhouse with that cut down date of, of May 2nd looming? Well, I think, you know, every, you know, <laughs> you don't have to be, a, you know, an expert, a baseball expert to, if you follow the Guardians, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Bradley seems to be on the bubble. I mean, you know, they gave him uh, a chance to start the season. <laughs> the chance was a quick one. The window closed quickly, and we haven't seen a whole lot of Bradley since, you know, since maybe four or five games into the season. Uh, you know, Owen Miller has, has gone over to first base and really kind of taken that job over. Yu Chang has been on the uh, IL. We haven't seen him since, what, the home opener. <clears throat> so, you know, I think, uh, you know, you know, Bobby Bradley and, you know, on the pitching end of things, you know, I, you know, is Logan Allen, uh, you know, a guy in the hot seat, you know, I, I don't know, but uh, you know, I have no, no confirmation, but from, you know, the outside looking in, yeah, I would think he's on the hot seat. Yeah. You know, based another based, guy that's out of options. Based just on feel and, and just the, the, the eye test right now, uh, those are the two names that sort of jump out. Uh, at you in, in terms of guys but you know like you said both of those guys have no uh, don't have any options so if you cut them you're going to have to cut them loose and expose them to waivers uh, and and I would think that somebody out there would jump on on one of them or both of them to give them a chance uh, you're not going to get them back with the organization uh, Yu Chang's a different story he uh, you know he's been on the injured list and we haven't 
we have no idea what what he's been up to. He would have to go and and, and play in some rehab games. So you might extend your window there uh, with him by by making uh, by giving him a rehab assignment uh, that would probably start you know May first or May second to to sort of maximize that uh, and and buy yourself some time. And maybe if somebody you know uh, you know God forbid somebody gets hurt and has to has to go on the aisle as well. Uh, you, you figure out an option or, uh, you know, to, to keep them around that way. Uh, but uh, all three of those guys have to produce at some point if, if you're going to find a reason to keep them around. Yeah. And usually, like you said, Joe, when as the closer the deadline gets, you know, we get to May 1st, May 2nd, um, you know, the more these things reveal themselves and the more, you know, options, it seems like are created just by if another guy gets hurt or, you know, let's say Quan goes on the uh, IL, you know, we don't know about that. I guess today is a big day for him, whether he's healthy or not. So, you know, all sorts of things happen every day, you know, as, as the season rolls along. Uh, but, you know, right now I, you, you would, you know, it's, it's, you know, you, the, the, the easiest, the easiest names to mention are, you know, uh, Bobby Bradley and Logan Allen as the bubble guys. All right. Well, uh, we'll look forward to seeing what uh, what's happening with Quan and uh, and what happens on the field today uh, in Los Angeles uh, afternoon game before they get out of town and head up to Oakland. Uh, we'll be bringing you all the, the details here on Cleveland.com and on subtext. Uh, Hoinsey, good to talk to you. We'll hook up again, uh, hopefully before the end of the week here and uh, uh, you know one more Cleveland baseball talk podcast. Good deal, Joe.